Hello and welcome to Game & Watch, the show where we talk about games we've been gaming and movies and TV shows we have been watching. I am Aaron. And I am James. I am. Um, and today we were talking about the 1989 science fiction family comedy, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I can't wait. I shrunk them. Oops. Not to shrink them. I just can't wait to talk about it. Yeah. Yes. The shrunken kids, that is. Yes. Yes. Um, tell me about your history with Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I don't think I've seen this movie in like 25 years. Right. It, yeah. it has been so long. And I, I think I don't know. It must have been on TV or we rented it or something like that. But yeah, it had been just ages since I had seen this movie. And in my mind, anytime it came up, which isn't very often, but anytime that this movie did find its way back into my mind, I always just remembered it with fondness and for good reason. It's 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 fun. I, I liked it. Uh, I it's it, I think it holds up sort of. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I definitely thought this was like super realistic when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. And my goodness, did some of these things not age uh, spectacularly well, but uh, I had a good time watching it. It was very silly. And there are a lot of funny things to talk about. Absolutely. I uh, I share a similar arc with you. I remember seeing this movie in its entirety when I was, you know, probably like six or seven. And then I remember catching chunks of it as like a movie on TV maybe like four or five times, but never sitting down and finishing all of it. So I saw the movie once for sure. And then I would see like 20 minute chunks here and there. Yeah. Uh, for, you know, years growing up. So I do have a fondness for this movie uh, and watching it now and its completion again, which I haven't done in, you know, 25 plus years. Mm -hmm. um, I'm like, okay, this is a coherent film because before when I was just watching snippets of it i i forgot how it's a movie with a plot and it's right. not just them stuck in the backyard the entire time i mean it is kind well, of them kind stuck of in the, there's like a there's a substantial portion of the movie is just them in the backyard and i guess that makes sense given their size but i forgot how much of this was them out i, I remember there being like a much longer sequence in the kitchen and upstairs, but no, not really. They are really, really. outside in the yard for yeah. a large portion of the movie. The world's most convenient yard, which we'll get to. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I think I know what you're saying, but I want to hear you articulate that yeah. more later on. I absolutely, yeah. I think I think I will agree. Um, let's talk about how we got here. How did we so, get here? Yeah, this project was originally brought to Disney Studios by Stuart Gordon and Brian Yuzna or Yuzna. Um, Stuart Gordon is famous for a lot of Lovecraft adaptations. Reanimator. Re and Reanimator. Um, these were two guys known for like mind-bending horror films and effects and especially practical effects. Yeah. So the idea of them making this like family-friendly sci-fi comedy is kind of really weird. Do you think this movie should have leaned more into horror and been more like a Beetlejuice kind of um, like it's not really for kids, but it's also not like a hard, hard. Well, I guess Beetlejuice is pretty like PG-13. Yeah, there's really no arguing that, that it's for like kids. Yeah, um, I think they could have gone that way, but I don't think it would have been Disney approved. I think they would have had to go to a different studio. It wouldn't have. But what do you think you would have preferred? Would you have rather this been darker? 
So I, I think they could have done more with the different locations, like we mentioned. Like, give me more in the kitchen. Give me more upstairs. Give me more in the yard. And I think they could have uh, leaned into, like, the grotesqueries of things at such a small scale. Okay. Like, they show the bloated, dead fly corpse uh, yeah. in the film. But, like, just more stuff like that. Um, to really show, like, if you were microscopic, if you were that tiny, the world would be fucking horrifying. Or, like, if you were cold, you had to cut open a dead fly and live inside it for a night. I mean, listen, I found fan fiction, but, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, almost all the effects in the film were practically done, which you can pretty much tell for better or for worse yes, at this point stop motion yeah. yeah um they wanted everything actually in frame or with miniatures which i mean they achieved but we'll talk about the success of that i mean i i do applaud that yeah it would have been really absolutely. bad if you tried to leverage what shitty cgi existed at the time or not even cgi just like film a real scorpion and just like blow it up on the screen oh, and have yeah. the kids run right, away from right, it. Right, exactly. Like that, I'm picturing you know? something like super cheesy looking also like the old like Jason the Argonauts movie from oh, like yeah. the 50s or whatever. Oh, yeah. 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 Or um, was it Jason the Argonauts or was it um, God, they remade it and it was terrible in 3D. Why do we always do this on the podcast? Oh, Why I don't do know. Do but I was I was thinking Attack, about Attack of the Titans. Right? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I but I was thinking of like the the famous like sequence. I forgot what decade it came out. I think it was fifties or sixties, where it's like Jason's fighting a bunch of the skeletons. Skeletons, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Gordon dropped out of directing due to an illness. Um, so Joe Johnston stepped up to direct, and this was his first feature film. Yeah, are you a big Joe Johnston head? You know, I'm not. Um, I didn't even look him up to see what else he's done. Did you look him up? Um, I'm somewhat familiar with him, but I wouldn't say that he's done anything that I particularly like love. He did do the original Jumanji, which is probably my favorite oh. movie that he's done. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Jumanji he di he directed um, the first Captain America movie. Oh, yes, I think I did know that. And did Jurassic Park 3. And then the he did like the Wolfman, which I never saw. The Benicio del Toro Wolfman. Yeah, and I don't really remember what else he did. Uh I, I want to say he did like some sort of like space movie. I just can't remember what it is. Jason X. No. God, <laughs> oh, no, uh, not really space. Uh, October Sky. Oh, OK. Yeah. yeah. Um, He's done some other stuff, too. I I, I don't. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I, I'm, I'm not a, not a huge I'm not like a huge fan of his. I wouldn't say I hate him or anything, but I just he's not a bad director. It seems kind of interesting that this leans so heavily on like practical effects when it seems like none of his other films do really. Yeah. But uh, we have some title goofiness. This movie was originally called teeny weenies. Oh God. Um, no. But that was, that was labeled to kitty. Like they wanted this to be, to attract families, not just little kids. Yeah. So then it was called the big backyard, which, Oh boy, is it it's a yeah. big backyard. <laughs> we get a lot of the backyard. So at least they were self-aware. Yes. Um, then we got Grounded, which I feel like if the movie was made today, we would have gotten it called Grounded. That's like, very true. Frozen and Tangled. And it grounded. works, but it's just kind of lame. Yeah. And then um, before using kind, it's kind of a line in the movie. Um, this is what Wikipedia said, but Wikipedia is wrong. Um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids wound up being the title. We'll get to it. That's not an exact yeah. line. No it, no, it is not. And I, yeah, I definitely thought it was and was waiting for it the whole time. 
Yeah. Uh, the movie was written actually with Chevy Chase in mind. Would have been horrible. Rick Moranis. Yes. Would have hated he was that. Busy filming Christmas Vacation. I think it would have. I, I like Rick Moranis in this role. I think it works for him. I can't see Chevy Chase as like the goofy mad scientist. No, I, but that's maybe because I'm just so like warped Anti- now because of how shitty of a person he is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, John Candy was also considered, but turned it down. I think also John Candy would not have worked. Um, like he would be the fun scientist uncle, like an Uncle Buck, but I can't really picture him as the dad. I agree that he wouldn't have been as good, but I he definitely would have been much, much better than Chevy Chase. Yes. Um, he actually was the one who suggested Rick Moranis to the filmmakers who Makes accepted sense. and liked the idea. They were both uh, Second City Canada guys. Yeah, yeah. And um, I again, I think like, as a dad character, I just believe Rick Moranis so much more than either Chevy Chase or John Candy. This this is actually a big a uh, lot a lot of, lot of uh, dual citizen Americans and Canadians in this movie, or at least like starring in this movie. Uh, Matt Frewer is is also Canadian. Let's uh, let's round them up. I don't want them in here. What in this movie? Let's round up all the Canadians. I don't want them in <laughs> this film. I don't the Canadians want are the best part of this movie. <laughs> Arguably, they are. Yeah. Um, so when this movie came out, the reception was pretty mixed and I think it stayed mixed. Um, critics either like seemed to click with it or didn't. Um, and do you think the special effects had anything to do with that? I know it was 89, Uh, but something like, like Empire Strikes Back had come out by now. Oh Um, man. I, yeah, Empire Strikes Back came back came out nine years before this uh did it really I, well, did, I, had um return of the jedi come out like by now right? yeah return of the jedi came out six years before this oh well so i, I would say it. probably but the thing is like back a little bit in my history so when i went like i, I have a letterbox account and i i rate lots of movies and i i rate or um i like log what i rewatch i have like a diary and all that and when I first got the app, I, you know, went through as many movies as I could. I would just do it in my spare time and like remember what I had seen. And if I remembered it well enough, I would rate it. If I didn't remember it well enough, but I knew I had seen it, I would just mark that I watched it and I wouldn't actually give it a star rating. And there were a lot of movies that I've since gone back and rewatched um, that I would like give an initial rating based on just how fondly I remembered it. And Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, I gave four stars. Now, when I rewatch it, out I was of, like, all right, dial that, dial that back. Um, out of five. Out of five. Okay. Yeah, and I and I and I saw it again. And I was like, ah, no, I'm gonna pull that back to like a three and a half. So I guess, spoiler, that's how I feel about this movie. I mean, it is good, not spectacular. I I still enjoy it. I have a fondness for it. I would say it's probably, arguably, like an objective three out of five. But I'll give it that extra half because of just a fond memory, nostalgia. Yeah, I I think what's interesting, too, is looking up things for this movie. There really hasn't like a lot of movies, especially going through 90s nostalgia like we are now. Um, There hasn't been like a reevaluation of this movie. It doesn't really have like a cult following in the way that other films of this era do. It's almost. Yeah, it's certainly not on the level of like the Goonies. Oh, definitely not. And it's 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 kind of been lost in the shuffle of a lot of like those types of movies that would just appear on the Disney Channel all the time. Yeah. And I don't that, you know, that's fine. I don't think this movie needs to be like resurrected and and brought back into the critical eye and reevaluated. You know, isn't that what we're doing? Are we doing it? 
Well, we're hardly critics. <laughs> I mean, we're not like, yeah, established. Um, this movie was extremely successful, though. It made $220 million on an $18 million budget. Um, so whether critics liked it or not, audiences definitely did. Good for them. Uh, yeah, to the point where there are sequels. Um, yeah. I remembered this. So uh, one of the reasons that I su- this is my pick, I suggested this for the show. And one of the reasons I suggested it is because I randomly remembered that I had seen Honey, I Blew Up the Kid <laughs> as a child. And I got really upset because it sucked. It did suck. I, yeah, it, it, <laughs> yeah. It, it, I was just going to say, like, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, not good. Honey, not We Shrunk good. Ourselves, good. But now I have a big problem with Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. Oh, okay. Are, should we discuss it now? Or well, it's it's more just that, like, as a kid, I don't notice things. Like, I'm just like, I don't know what I'm in there for. But, like, the whole cast is different. Oh. Like, it's, like, just Rick Moranis. Like, everyone else is different. I think his wife is different. The kids are different. They didn't return for that movie because it came out, like, years, eight years after the original. Whereas Honey, I Blew Up the Kid came out just, like, a couple years after. And... I like as a kid, you don't necessarily notice her characters. You don't know who our like actors are. I don't know. You, even if, if if you do notice, you don't care. Like I said, like, but now I would never want to go back and rewatch Honey We Shrunk Ourselves. But I just remembered as a kid liking that much more than Blew Up the Kid. Shrinking is cool. Blowing up, not very interesting to me. Unless it's like a kaiju, not super interesting. I was just gonna say I don't really want like I, if it, I guess if it was like a baby versus an actual kaiju from like the core <laughs> the core of the earth now that yeah. i could get behind um did you ever watch the tv series from the 90s because there was one um i heard i know it existed um but yes really quick with the kaiju thing i mean there's there's some fan fiction for you right there like it's a pacific oh rim crossover where oh, like all, they're not like all those like machines aren't working and so they call on dr wayne Zelin- or he's not even a doctor is he like what wayne Zelinsky? They, they call him mr Zelinsky, so i yeah. don't think he's a doctor i don't think he is he's just an amateur inventor uh Zelinsky, it just blows up his kids to have them fight these kaiju Be great. I, you know what i'm i'm watching it I would too. All right. Um, There is a new one in the works, uh, a new project. It's very nebulous. Is it just Uh, rumored? It's, it's kind of rumored. It was started in 2018 and it's 2023. So I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to say it's never happening then. But uh, there is a rumor that there's something new in the works with Josh Gad uh, as the (laughs) new version of the dad, which like, I guess that makes sense. If you need like a pleasant Disney protagonist, Josh Gad seems to be the go-to. Well, yeah, and people recognize his voice probably. Like, kid, it's just all like it's all about manipulating kids. It's like he's, they'll recognize like, the voice of the snowman and Frozen. And yeah, like, like, did you see Hocus Pocus too? Like, they just crammed him in there. I sure didn't. Yeah, well, he's crammed in there. <laughs> um, there's rumor that Joe Johnston would return as the director and that Rick Moranis would come out of retirement. Can't imagine stop, either of these things stop happening. Stop releasing those country albums. Wait, he releases country albums? Rick Moranis? Yeah. You don't know that? He has no. like an entire side career as like a country singer. I thought he was just like in, at home waiting to die. No, you don't know about the arc of Rick, Rick Moranis. No, I don't. So Rick Moranis, like shortly after Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and Blow Up the Kids, his wife passed away of cancer. 
And so he retired from acting to be at home with his kids. And that's oh, why he kind of like went goodness. away. You're right. And he um he like released several country music albums under like a different name. The no, under his own name. Oh, I see really? it now. Under the ag- the agoraphobic cowboy. Yeah, that's it. Yes. Um, isn't and that wild? My mother's brisket and other love songs. Yes. That's it. Um, isn't that wild? That is wild. Yeah. Um, so we might get him coming out of retirement, maybe. Again, highly doubt it. That's like saying, like, oh, yeah, back in, like, 2004, there was a rumored Metroid movie that John Woo was going to direct. And thinking is that, that true? That, yeah, that's true. Wow. Uh, believe me, I, Aaron, I was, I leveraged every forum the internet possibly took once I found out that, like, some, like, major IP that I loved was being, like, were being turned into films. And I was like, all right, what are all the things I love? Okay, Cowboy Bebop metroid zelda and i would just like google that stuff every single day basically from age 12 to age now now. not (laughs) not not anymore i've since abandoned that but speaking of did you see that they're about to close a deal Mm -hmm. between nintendo and illumination for a zelda movie again i thought that was a rumor and i really hope it doesn't happen because i don't want zelda to be I, i think stick with mario just like drain that sucker <laughs> i don't care yeah, just don't touch zelda yeah um i had an interesting note about the soundtrack so uh they got sued because i guess the soundtrack just ripped off music uh and didn't give credit to it really yeah but after so when i watch these movies i watch them on amazon mm-hmm. and when you pause they have the amazon like trivia notes yeah uh, which i love to read um so yeah this is one of the trivia notes but after years of going unreleased, it was made available in on March 6, 2009. Um, which for, so got, for any of you who yeah, are like really shrunk the kids heads. Yeah. Or just soundtrack nuts. Uh, I did think the soundtrack was oddly like almost a, just a tad too good for the, for the movie that it was sculpted like a, a soundtrack for. <laughs> it was stolen music. Well, James Horner, um, pretty well known now deceased tragically died um in a helicopter accident um does good work i think he stay away away from helicopters i think he did avatar might have done titanic i forget anyway shall we jump into honey i shrunk the kids yeah let's do it so um we get i i forgot that this was in here same we get get a cartoon credits and intro Mm. scene um, I, the only thing I can kind of describe it as in terms of animation style is that it feels very like early cartoon network. So, um, y- yes, I, I, I had it. I was so convinced that the Ren and Stimpy animators did mm. this, that I dug in, uh, I did a little bit of research on this. Do you want to, do you want to find out what I've discovered? Yes, absolutely. So it was done. Like the animated sequence was done by this, like tiny animation studio called the Croyer films. They barely did anything, but one of the things that they did do was the animated opening sequence to Christmas vacation. So I'm glad you mentioned Christmas vacation. And another thing is that one of the animators on this sequence was Andrew Stanton, who went and did Wally and other worked as Pixar for a long time. But yeah, it was not the um, Ren and Stimpy guys, because that was like when I think of like 90s kind of like goofy animation, I think of Ren and Stimpy, even though I'm not Ren and Stimpy fans, um, uh, Ren and Stimpy fan. But um, I was surprised that it wasn't them, but 
yeah, very 90s. I, I found it to have like a Dexter's Laboratory energy um, just because like there's a lot of like darker colors and like extreme angles to things, yeah. uh, which feels like Dexter's Laboratory. I really like I mean, one little just tiny detail from the sequence that I, made me smile was when the boy gets thrown into the toaster and the grills are cursive uh, names credits. Of, of credits of cast ah. or like um, crew members or whatever. Love that. I love that. Yeah. Uh, so the movie opens uh, with uh, we get the main characters, sort of uh, Nick, Amy and their dog, Cork, um, and they all belong to the Zelinsky family. Yes. So Amy is a teenager. I think she's supposed to be 17. Um, she's a very like blonde 80s teen girl. Um, very. She likes the mall. She has a boy that she has a crush on. And that's but- all we know. That's really all we know. It really is. She's a blonde girl with a boy she likes, and she likes the mall. And she wants to meet that boy at the mall, so it all comes together. And she's really not letting go of, of her mall plans. No. Um. So Nick is the nerdy little brother. That's uh, an understatement. He, yeah, he's like the boy genius child. Um, and he looks just like a mini Rick Moranis. He's got the glasses and the haircut and everything. Yeah. Um. So, uh, and then Quark is their dog. Yeah. So Amy tells whoever she's on the phone with, either her friend or maybe this boy, um, that her mother and her father had a fight the night before and her mother decided to stay with her grandmother for the night. Um, This sets up to me a much larger conflict between Rick Moranis and his wife than I think ever actually happened. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so this is as as I'll just spoil for my what works and doesn't work. Like, what the hell is this like? What is this subplot? Like hinting at a divorce subplot or like tr- <laughs> trouble with the marriage subplot. It is so out of place and so unnecessary. It adds nothing to this movie. They try to tap into it to like draw some emotional weight, but they but they are, they're not even confident with the way that they're doing it. They no. barely tap into it. Like, what did they fight about? Why was it so bad that she left? Like, even the kids don't really seem that concerned about it. It's really and strange. neither was I. <laughs> and yeah, no. No, no one is concerned. It's so stupid. Yeah. So we get a scene with uh, Dr. Zelensky, Rick Moranis. And it's one of those typical, like, he's such a aloof, mad scientist that he, like, forgets breakfast to keep working on his machine. And it kind of ignores his kids. And ignores his kids. Yeah. So um, the Zelensky family, we'll pause on them for a moment. We'll get back to them on what we think. But I like what this film does in terms of like the two families. And I'll I'll explain what that means in a little bit. I think I know what you mean. And I agree. Yeah. So we cut to the house next door. uh, Russ and Mae Thompson. um, That's who lives there. Um, But Russ is mad at Dr. Zelensky for all the noise that he's making on a Is he a doctor, though? Or right. Mr. He's getting mad at Mr. Zelensky for the noise he's making. <laughs> we'll have to correct ourselves, I think. Um, we'll also, be accidentally saying doctor. We'll have to uh we'll have to pause on this fact. What insane person leaves for a fishing trip at like 2 p.m. on a Saturday? Was it like, I can't I couldn't tell what time it was, wasn't it? It's like, like so I thought it was late. like oh, I thought it was like nine, ten in the morning. No, they mentioned later in the movie that it's like past one o'clock and she wanted to meet the boy at the mall at like three. I really Something thought like this movie opened at like nine ten in the morning. And it does open at nine ten in the morning, but it goes like all day. Oh, oh, okay. Well, yeah. And you know what? It's also interesting. Uh, another parallel to Christmas Vacation is that there's a guy in a house doing annoying things, and there's a couple next door that's really annoyed and suffering because of it. 
Yeah. And uh, well, also, there's something else that I'll kind of talk about in a minute. Yeah. Um, but uh, we get the the Russ family, the Thompson family, uh, the son, Ron, right? Not little Russ, Ron. Ron, um, Ron is the youngest son. Yes. Ron is the youngest son with the stupid red baseball cap. He's and... a real piece of shit. And he has, he, <laughs> he later has this, like, what I think is a black cat fireworks jacket on. Yes, he does, which I love. <laughs> um, but he shoots his dad in the, uh, in the head with an arrow. Um, with and... super glue on it. Yeah. So super glue on it. And he says he's guarding the backyard. Now, I have in my notes that um, I, I saw a documentary on PTSD and PTSD, one of the common symptoms is an overprotectiveness of your own personal space and home um, because you're afraid that someone could attack it. So my supposition is that this child has PTS from something. <laughs> what do we think about that? <laughs> I don't think so. Nice. I mean, you're not you're not wrong in like what those steps you took to get there. <laughs> But I don't think that that's... I think he's just a little piece of shit. Maybe. I, I want to sell on a pause really quick on uh, older Russ Thompson, the dad. He's played by Matt Frewer, who I mentioned yes. earlier. And Matt Frewer is like one of those guys who's like in our lives, but we didn't really realize it, depending on like what you've watched and what you haven't. He's a very I wouldn't say he's a very like famous like actor. He's more famous for his voice acting than he is for his like fit, like his live action acting. But he's been like everywhere for a long time he was in like an episode of star trek the next generation um but his voice acting you might know him as sid the squid in batman the animated series from that very famous episode the man who killed batman he is also i forgot if it's pain or panic in um hercules which we've done for the show oh excellent yeah he's got Um, a very distinguishable voice he was also in the show orphan black which i recommend to anyone who hasn't seen it Nice. Um, he has big, like, wanting to be Jim Carrey energy. Would you say that's true? Uh, like, dialed back slightly. Like, it's funny you say that because I think Jim Carrey kind of reined in a little bit is a what is a very similar performance that he that as as Matt Frewer's. Like, yes. I think you could have swapped them out. I think Jim Carrey would have overdone it. And you would have never had Jim Carrey as the next door neighbor. No, you would have been Zelensky. Yeah, but. I think I see what you're saying. Um, yeah. There's just like, he's slightly unhinged and goofy in a way that I feel like Jim Carrey. Well, you're right. Jim Carrey takes unhinged and goofy to like 11. I feel like Matt Frewer is taking unhinged and goofy to like a three. I will but say they're, they're I, in I the love, same ballpark. I love Matt Frewer in this movie. I, I really like him as the dad. I think he's the, the right amount of like, it's like he, he adds some comedy, but he also achieves the whole, like I'm, worried father i'm I'm a worried father yeah um so back in the lab mr mr Zelensky kind of brushes off his son and tells him that he needs to get his machine working um and what this machine is a shrink ray as we learn so he's trying to shrink an apple but instead of shrinking it he explodes it oops this movie could be a lot shorter if he just did that to the kids yeah that's true actually maybe it'd be really longer it'd be like a legal drama over like whether he's <laughs> legally responsible for it possibly yeah um so back at the thompson house we meet the oldest son little russ uh who does not want to go fishing and go on this trip uh and he has been cut from his football team uh which his father is super angry about um it's like the goofy movie like you're drifting away from your dad that kind of stuff 
Um, it feels a little cliche, but I think it ultimately winds up working. It feels a little half-baked also, but I don't mind because I don't think this movie's like this a movie like this doesn't need to be fully baked. <laughs> I no, I guess not. Except I mean, like that I don't mind as much. Like I think that they try to lean a little bit into like the dad is like upset that his son is like not on the football team because they're trying to create some sort of they need to try to create a reason for or they, actually they don't need to. No. They thought they needed to have a reason for the Zelensky kids to have a little bit of animosity towards their parents or at least their dad. And for the Thompson kids to have a little bit of animosity or at least one of them to have a little bit of animosity towards their dad. And I just don't think either one of those things works. It's it's it takes form in like the divorce subplot on the Zelensky side and the I need you to like be a man and be on the football team subplot of the Thompsons. They almost try to make the Thompson dad look seem to be like a worse guy than he actually is. And Ryan and I were talking about this like he doesn't you could go wrong and have like a dad that's being like a, you're not a man unless you work out or on the football team. But he's like. I think that the way that it actually manifests itself is that Russ Thompson overall is a pretty caring dad. And I think his like, I think he's a good character. He's a good guy. He's not like an, he's not necessarily like a God, I'm glad that's not my dad or like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like he's, he's a pretty good dad. Well, also even when he talks to his wife about uh, the quitting football thing, we find out later that he quit. He wasn't cut. Yeah. Um, but the dad says like um, sports builds character which is kind of an old fashioned idea, but like, he's not saying like, I want my son to have the glory. He's just saying right. like, it'll build his character. And he also doesn't seem like the kind of dad who's like living vicariously through his son because of like trying to relive his own glory days. Like I, I don't get the feeling. I think he like genuinely loves his son a lot and wants what's best for him. And just like thinks that sports will help with this character. Not like you need to be a man and be on the football team and kill people and like work out and like, or else you're less of a man. You're not my son. Like, that's not at no, all. That's what not what's going like. on here. Yeah. No, no, no. Like the dad in um, American Beauty. We're, we don't have that dad here. Well, thank God. That would be a, <laughs> no, that would be a totally different <laughs> movie. A wild movie. My goodness. And like, yeah, the Thompsons have a daughter too. And the dad, oh, like, no. oh my gosh. Rick Moranis. <clears throat> um, so we get a phone call uh, from Zelensky and his wife. But again, it's like there's no tension. And she's like, I love you, honey. Good luck today. Um, yeah. So I don't really get it. No, it again, very half-baked. Yeah. Um, we get Chekhov's remote-controlled lawnmower. Um, so, <laughs> so, would, more of this in movies, please. Yeah. So uh, he asked them to clean the house. And he asked his son to mow the lawn. And his son uh, shows his friend. Do you know the friend's name? Uh. I actually have it written down in my notes, but I have a lot of notes, so I'm not going to go look for it. Tommy Purvis. Okay. I I think is great. I did find out that he plays young Spock in Star Trek 3, The Search for Spock. Whoa, okay. I mean, I can see that. Yeah. Um, So we'll come back to the remote-controlled lawnmower. Um, But we get Amy doing, like, a very cheesy 80s dance scene uh, while Little Russ is creeping on her. I wouldn't call it creeping, but they're trying to make it look like he's creeping. He's, I mean, it's it's more like, I think when this movie was made in 89, it doesn't come off as creepy. I think it's like he's noticing her and how cute she is. 
I think in 2023, him standing at the window watching her dance is a little creepy. Look, when I was little Russ's age, I wish I had had a girl my age that I was attracted to living next door that I would catch dancing. But no. But no, that's like a Taylor Swift video. It's actually a very realistic and common situation. Yeah, but, I guess. but I, not for me. No, nah, no. Um, so we get little Russ and Big Russ talking to each other. Uh, Big Russ wants him to use weights to bulk, bulk up for football. And he says, you know, weights aren't my thing. And Big Russ asks him, okay, so what is your thing? Um, he doesn't seem to have one, little Russ. But I also don't think by the end of the film that he like develops. A thing. No, there there is no thing. This there is, is no pretty thing. Empty again. Okay, I guess I was saying like certain parts of this movie are half baked. A lot of this movie is half baked. A lot of the movies half baked. I don't care. Yeah, uh, we get Ron, the little brother. Uh, the, he breaks the Zelensky's attic window playing baseball. Um, I thought that this was very responsible of Russ to take him over to apologize. But yeah. at the same time, I think he just wants to flirt with Amy. Uh, yes, yes. I, I do think Russ is just like a good character, despite the fact that he's not very fleshed out and really no one is. Um, and he looks like a typical like 80s movie dick. Right. You expected him to be way, a and dick. His hair is that way. But he isn't. Yeah. He's like, like a good guy throughout the entire movie. He's like never bad. Yeah, the one true. who's a who the the per, character is a real piece of shit is Ron. Yeah, Ron is a Ron Thompson piece of shit is a yeah the entire movie big piece of shit can't see um, so Ron and Nick head to the attic to get the baseball um, while Amy and Russ like kind of awkwardly flirt with each other. Oh, we um, should note that the ball when it crashes through the window it oh God, lands like so it it's, it's does a little bit of like. Uh, yeah like lands everywhere like breaks like the right things it like blocks this laser that was um that the late that the ray uses to shrink and like makes the ray like start operating on its own and shrinks wayne's thinking couch and essentially fixes it essentially fixes the laser by or fixes the ray by blocking the laser and then later, when the baseball thing comes back, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Like, yeah. there's no way he would connect those dots. But well, mm, OK, more on that in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Ron and Nick, they we see them get zapped off screen um, and we cut to Dr. Zelinsky at his conference. So we never know what the conference is for, but he's definitely crashing really hard. Mr. Zelensky. Mr. Zelensky. It'd be he's funny if he was calling himself Dr. Zelensky and the people at the conference <laughs> were like, like, you are not a doctor. Uh, yeah, well, Elron Hubbard did that all the time and no one corrected him. Um, <laughs> but he he's crashing because he has no evidence that his machine or his theories work. Mm. However, what I do think is interesting is the scientific principle of his machine so there's actually a lot of empty space between atoms. So his idea is if we just reduce that empty space, you could shrink things, right? Yeah. Um, one of the Amazon notes is that if you actually did that, whatever you shrunk would still have the proportional weight, or you not even proportional, would still have the weight and strength of whatever you shrunk. So if you shrunk a 220-pound person to the size of a quarter inch, they would still weigh 220 pounds and be as strong as like they normally would. Hmm. So wasn't that fun? Yeah. So your uh, fan fiction is just a more realistic version of this. 
Uh, that exists, by the way. A more realistic version of this is fan fiction. Oh, I can't wait to hear about it. I found so, I found some fan fiction too, but uh, yeah, more on that. Yeah. Bit. Um, this is one of my favorite lines. This movie has like three lines that actually made me laugh out loud. Um, and one of them is, "Well, you certainly managed to shrink one thing: the size <laughs> of this audience." And then what I love so much about this is the guy then goes, "Well." I'm getting lunch and then just walks out. <laughs> I didn't laugh at it then, but it is funny. You're right. It's such a like 80s. I don't know why, but it just feels like an 80s movie thing to do. Yeah. I'm out of here. Yeah. Uh, so Amy and Russ go to the attic to find the little brothers. Uh, they get zapped and shrunk by the machine. Um, while Mr. Zelensky comes into the attic. The machine's off and the kids are too small to get his attention. And so. Quark is like trying to get Quark knows what happens. The dog sees what's happened and is basically trying to tell Wayne the entire movie what happened. Quark is kind of the hero in a lot of ways in this movie. Pretty much. Um, so Mr. Zelinsky, I have a doctor in all the notes, so I'm just gonna have to I just I literally am I'm doing a fine replace right as yes. we speak, just to, um, <laughs> just to help out. <laughs> so frustrated by his lack of progress, Rick Moranis, uh so he breaks the machine. Just right? say just don't say Rick Moranis, <laughs> say like say Wayne or something. Or Zelinsky. Sure, sure, sure. Uh Zelinsky, he breaks the machine, right? He's so frustrated this machine isn't working. He totally trashes it. Uh, he then decides to sweep up um, all the garbage and tosses it into the trash. Also, what a tantrum throwing like what a what a like a, a loser. <laughs> He's worked on this, he says, for five years. Yeah. Which like, listen, if you haven't overcome five years worth of like, uh, I don't know, discouragement, I think there's something going on with you. Yeah. Uh, so can I can, let, this is the first time I actually want to say I felt like my my I really feel like he should have put two and two together he had a couch and that couch wasn't small like I don't mean like miniature I mean it was like hard to get up into the attic and now it's gone and he has a shrink ray in the attic with him and he's like weird and there's a hole in the window that wasn't there before. He never I, even mentions the hole in the window. He is a moron, is my conclusion. Like, there is, I don't care that your shrink ray didn't work. Use some freaking logic. How do you, how do those things add up to, I don't know what's going on. Your couch was there, it's gone. What did your kids get up there and and by themselves take your couch out of the attic, which looked like it couldn't even fit through the door? Like, and then decide to go missing. Right. You have a sh you have a shrink ray and you have a missing couch. I, I don't I don't know. Like I, I I'm I don't think I'm like tooting my own horn here. I'm pretty sure I would have figured this out. I think you're tooting your own horn a little bit. I'm not. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know how. And this guy seems smarter than me, so I don't know how the fuck he doesn't figure it out. I will say I did like the practical effects of the broom uh, and the kids yeah. getting swept up. I thought that looked pretty cool, actually. It's really when it gets into like the yard where the it, backyard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of the backyard, we we do get there. Um, they cut open the garbage bag with a piece of broken glass, which I saw that. And they have this like sweet glass shard knife that they just like throw away, I guess. 
Yeah, you should have used that to like slit the throat of the scorpion. <laughs> yeah, you really should have. Um, the little nerd kid Nick calculates that they have about 3.2 miles of backyard to cross to get to the house, which I think is kind of cool to like put it in terms that the audience understands. Also, I think three and a half through 3.2 miles is like it's not so far that it's unmanageable. It's like not that far miles. at all, actually. Right. But I mean, if you think about what they have to go through in those three and a half miles, like I think it's I think it works, I guess. And I will also say something that works is that the Nick character could have been like a really annoying character and he really isn't. And I'm not just saying that because Ron is the most annoying character. Like, I think like the three like three of the four kids are perfectly good. And Ron sucks ass. Well, Nick is useful. Like Nick solves problems. Nick like helps. Right. Ron... I mean, they, he could they could have been like super annoying nerd character and go on yes. going over the top. But I think that they act they do a good job with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we get Mr. Zelensky talking to his wife. She comes home. Um, and again, like, what are the vibes? They they seem the normal. Night. They're they're happy. They seem totally normal. He's like, how was your like, like, how are you doing? She's like, I sold a house. And she's like, how's your conference? Oh, not that great. And it's like, all right, the marriage seems perfectly good. They do not sound like a couple that had a fight the night before. No, to the point where she had to leave the house and spend the night at her mother's. Yeah, it's stupid. Very dumb. Um, in the backyard, this we're going to talk about how convenient the backyard is in a little bit. Um, but we get this like kind of fun moment where the kids come across one of Nick's old dinosaur toys. It's like this giant looming T-Rex. Yeah. Um, it almost reminds me of the T-Rex that Batman has in the Batcave. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but can we talk about the like the physics of the yard? Like this dinosaur toy was smaller than the blade of grass. So it must have been like an inch high, I guess. I don't, uh, I don't know either. I don't know. Some of the like the ratios of things don't make sense in the backyard. Hmm. Um, the kids are stopped by like a river. It's just a stream of water um, and they don't know how to cross. Yeah. Uh, so they want to try and call the dog to pick them up. And their logic of this mm. is that the dog has super sensitive hearing, um, which makes sense. Like, I get that. There's, um, a, there's a line here that I was confused by that. Like, I, I guess this is like a, an attempt at throwing a line in for like the older audiences but i feel like they're it's still like kind of niche so they they so she says like you know how to whistle you just put your lips together and blow that is undoubtedly a reference to a famous line from lauren bacall in the movie like oh man shit i had it on the tip of my tongue to have and to have not where she says like you know how to whistle, don't you, Steve? You just put your lips together and blow. And she says it like very seductively. It's like a noir kind of like it's it's just a weird. What a strange reference. Reference like do they? I mean, I mean that's like the line for the parents, I guess. But like, but it's are not all even the like parents a... did all the parents see that movie? Have and to have not. I don't know. Um, well, also, like, it's not funny. It's not like a funny reference. No. It's just a reference. It's just a random reference. Yeah. That'd be like them randomly being like, well, it looks like beauty killed the beast. That's <laughs> like, that's not funny. Yeah. It's just a reference to another film. Yeah. Um, so there's this weird cat and dog rivalry that serves absolutely that is also half baked that exists literally for this moment. That'd be another good fan fiction. Just have like the cat and dog rivalry. 
I like that. Or the kids encountering the cat. The cat is winning. The cat, yeah. So the cat scares Clark away and Nick falls into a flower. So actually, I think the pollen effects are kind of cool here. Yeah. Like it feels like what it would feel like to fall into a flower. He's got these big chunks on him. The other (laughs) kind of little thing that I liked is um, his sister says, but you're allergic to pollen. And he says correctly, like, but the pieces are too big to get up my nose. Like, it's not going to bother me. Um, which I thought Yeah, but what about, like, like m- tinier molecules? I don't know. Maybe this is as small as they get. I don't know. Uh, may- maybe. Um, so he gets carried away by a bee. And we get Little Russ jumping on the bee to save him. So, again, you're right. Like, Little Russ is a pretty good guy. Without hesitation, he's just like, I'm going to do that. I mean, granted, you could argue that Little Russ is doing what any man would do in this situation. Any teenage boy, you got to do whatever you can. You're you're thinking with your dick. Oh, I think you meant (laughs) whatever you can to, to ride a giant bee. Any straight, like, teenage boy in this situation is just, like, you don't think you're like, I want to kiss this girl. I am I going to jump a on a bee. Yeah, there's. Yeah. <laughs> I um, mean, again, I still think he's a good character. It's like, meaning he's a good guy. But like, again, arguably he's not not thinking with this. Like in my like as a teenager, would I have jumped on a bee to try to save the little brother of a girl I liked? Definitely would have. Nice. <laughs> um i so in the notes i have that we so we get a point of view flyby of the bee buzzing around the yard so it's the bee and we get its you know point of view as i said yeah um i put not bad for 1989 rethinking it i think it's kind of bad for 1989 <laughs> what do you think uh i think i think all of the animal like pov animal effects are pretty uh pretty lame yeah, you know what else is lame? Have you ever used an entire baseball bat to kill one bee? No, I, can like can we can we camp on this for a moment? Just this isn't yes. really related to the movie. What kind of person are you? Are you a ignore the bee person, or are you a oh let's smack at it and run 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 away as far as you can? No, I'm gonna I'm the ignore the bee person because if you smack at the bee or make things worse, more bees will come. Or if you just run away, sometimes they don't like that either. I literally yeah. will just stand still and let the bee just like walk on my face if it wants to. Yeah, I'm not gonna go that far. Well, okay, maybe maybe not that far, but I ignore the bee. Like if a bee lands on the table where I'm eating, unless it goes for my food, I'm not gonna do anything. Yeah, I am a I'm definitely not a grab a baseball bat. Uh, or a machine gun or something like you're not going to do that also of all the instruments to kill one of the tiniest fastest moving things why would you pick a baseball you'd be better off just using your hands you would be also how far did you get in Yu Yu Hakusho by the way uh I finished the dark tournament okay just use a spirit fly swatter instead of a spirit sword (laughs) right of course yeah yeah um so now the kids are split up So we have little Russ and Nick together because they went on this bee adventure and we have Ron and Amy together, which is like a terrible, it's just a terrible combination. Absolute horrible pairing. Like again, Ron with anybody. I wish Ron had been by himself and got eaten by something. Yeah. Um, A couple of choice lines here. I like um, Amy tells him if I was your sister, I'd give myself up for adoption, Mm -hmm. which is which is harsh. But then this one comes. I hope your face ends up on a milk carton. 
Wow. Which is like <laughs> implying, I hope you get kidnapped, possibly murdered. So, and... yeah. Yeah. I'm That's gonna, a little much. I'm going to give you a little tease uh, of like that. That line is actually very relevant to what I've been doing lately. And I mentioned that like I, I watched uh, like a, a bunch of different movies and like I sandwiched this movie between two other movies. Um and yeah, I can't wait to tell you about it. Okay, is it about kidnapping children? Well, I we'll see. I'll we'll see. it's it's somewhat related to that. I'll I'll you'll see. So we finally get uh Mr. Zelinsky. He's kind of finally figured out what has happened in the attic. Yeah. So he finds the tiny couch and realizes, oh my god, you know, they must have been shrunk. Uh he realizes that they're probably in the yard after he swept the uh the attic. Um, so how does he look for them? What does he do? Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) he, he like, well, so he does a bunch of things. I hate it so much. This is what doesn't, this is a major, what doesn't work about the movie for me. Everything he does is very likely to kill them. (laughs) Which, yeah, everything he does just seems so likely to kill them. Yeah, like I forget. I don't know if this is the first thing he does. So tell me if I'm wrong about that. But he, he like he realizes he can't step on the lawn, right? And yes. then, so, but his first, I think, his gut instinct is to then get on stilts with magnifying glasses on. Which the second I saw that, I was like, "You're just you're gonna step on your kids." All you are doing is just like decreasing the surface area with which you're gonna murder your kids, yes. like on your feet. Like, it's so dumb. And then he accidentally turns on the sprinklers, which could drown your kids. Like, he 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 gets, like, a like a really, like, janky way of, like, searching for them later that is much, actually works way better if you're trying not to kill them. But at the same time... It's not great. You know how he's, like, well, I've, I don't know how would you describe it, where he's just, like, he balances his weight and he, like... It's almost it's almost like he's doing a very, very low budget, like Mission Impossible on the wires thing. But I ask you this. How do you get in and out of that without stepping on the ground? You don't. You don't. You kill your kids. You kill your kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So when the sprinkler system goes on, it creates like this flash flood. I actually think the scene of them running away from the giant water drop. Pretty good. It's pretty good. The drops of exploding water on the ground are cool. Yeah. Um, Amy kind of falls into this pool. I also like how the pools of water, like they don't look like regular water. It looks almost like like saliva. It's really foamy. It's really like weird. Yeah. Um, so we get a moment where, and this is a thing in 80s and 90s movies that I feel like they got away with that is not happening nowadays. But uh, we get the guy performing CPR on the girl to bring her back. But it's also like his way of kissing her. Doesn't it happen in Sandlot, too? It does There's no chest in Sandlot. compressions in Sandlot. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. Did you know the most important thing about CPR is the chest compressions? I, I should know that, um, but I forgot. Um, I'm CPR certified, and I will, I will tell you and the listeners, if ever you have to perform CPR... The most important thing is the chest compressions. The breathing in their mouth really doesn't necessarily matter. It's it's been a while since I was CVR certified since like Boy Scouts. Yeah. Well, now you know. Yeah, I know. Um, so we get Big Russ's friends <laughs> coming to like go on the trip with him. Why is this in the movie? Uh, so you can get Lucy from Twin Peaks. 
Yes, which again, why is she in this for like three minutes? Yeah. So the whole like Forrester showing up is stupid and like Big Russ telling him to like go without them. But that's not what is the stupidest thing about this plot moment. It is why, <laughs> number one, why lie to them? That's why not just say you this. can't find your kids? And number two, why did is his excuse that his wife has the shits? Yeah, it's very strange. You, or you could just be like the kids are sick or something. I yeah. don't understand. My <clears throat> well, wife has explosive diarrhea is not a great. I, should, I I also want to mention that I really like because I think the line happens after this where um I it's like Nick I think Nick asks little russ where he learned artificial respiration and he says french oh, class french kid class. and i totally forgot that this joke comes back around no i like this joke and actually i think this joke would have been better if it didn't come back around later on i i don't i think it's a stupid joke i'm fine with it coming back around just because that's kind of how comedy works but i, still I think it's think a it's a joke. good level of stupid for a kid's movie fair enough um, my favorite moment from this is that like Big Russ is very concerned because like he would normally never give up on an $80 deposit. Like, he's not <laughs> getting that $80 back. Yeah. What are we going to do without the $80? Now, I forget about like what inflation and all that. $80 in 1989, I mean, yeah, that's a lot of money. But at the same time, I don't know. <laughs> like if it was $80, $80 in like 1950, I get I get his reaction. $80 in 1989 has the purchasing power of $200 today. Okay. You did the so math or much. are you guessing? No, I just Googled it. Oh, okay. So, I mean, if you own your own RV, I think you can afford a $200 deposit. I would say so too. Yeah. So we get this scene um, where the kids are kind of recovering. Uh, the The sprinkler has turned off. And this is definitely the scene where like, the kids are alone together. They reveal their issues. They're kind of getting over their issues together. But right? their but their issues are very half baked, and so They're it doesn't really work. They're halfway across the yard by now. We know that because they find like um, flagstone that's for some reason in the middle of the yard. Yeah, um, I I thought they had made it to the house, and then it turns no. out they weren't even close. But you look at the yard later, and I'm pretty sure you don't notice that stone anywhere. So there, no, there is. There is. Oh, there is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Never mind. Um, tell us what they find. They find an entire oatmeal cream pie <laughs> cookie. Entire oatmeal cream pie. Why is there an entire oatmeal cream I, pie? I in guess the because yard? Nick is a slob, and like to denote Nick was like sneaking them at the breakfast table earlier in the movie. So that's that reference. I guess, but then wouldn't it be like the wrapper? I don't know. Why but... is he just tossing complete oatmeal cream pies? Um, <laughs> this is a waste. Back- this is where the backyard gets a little convenient. Um, actually, I mean, a lot of things in this movie are convenient. But between this and what they find to sleep in, I'm like, what the fuck are the odds that either of these things would be just in the yard? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so we get an ant that has been attracted to the pie, too, because the pie is very sweet. And ants like sugar. Um, Big Russ is kind of concerned about it because he's like, it's a scout. It could bring more ants. We don't want that. Um, they try and battle the ants. Um, unsuccessfully and Amy accidentally kind of figures out that it can be motivated by food. Yeah. Um, so they're planning to ride the ant back to their house, which actually kind of, kind of works um, yeah. by them baiting it. And they call, they name it auntie. They name it auntie, which is so fucking stupid. 
Um, both of the families have now reported their children missing. We get like a weird scene where the police go to the other house next door, the um, Zelensky house. And the Zelenskys are acting super fucking suspicious. And they're like, the kids are in the yard. Everything's fine. And the police are like, okay, sounds great. Oh, yeah. Stupid police. Love. I, lo- I do love when police are stupid in movies. Um, but, like, not only are they acting suspicious, like, they're not acting like... They're acting like they murdered their kids. That's what I mean. They're acting mm. like they killed the kids. Yeah. Um, yeah, we get the line. Um, it is not honey. I shrunk the kids. Uh, it is him saying I shrunk the kids. Yeah. No honey. Um, and yeah, the kids are still stuck outside and the sky is getting dark. Uh, what happens next? They get torches. How do they get torches? Um, so, so like the police also come to the Thompson family and like big Russ is like immediately hostile and annoyed with them. And Which is like, but your kids are the ones who are missing. Right. And there is like a hint that like he smokes when he's stressed out. And so he lights up a cigarette and like throws the butt into the Zelensky yard. And so they use the like the butt of the cigarette to like pick pieces from it and and have torches. Which, yeah. And everything in this movie feels like Chekhov something like when he pulls the cigarettes out earlier. Like I, I had known that this scene was coming, but I'm like, oh, okay, they're setting this up for later. Yeah, just like the lawnmower and stuff like that. Unlike yeah. they did the cream pie. Yep. Um. So the Zelenskys come clean to the Thompsons. They bring them to the attic, uh, and the Bruce Thompson asks, "This is this also made me chuckle. Um, did you blow up my kids?" And Zelensky responds, "No. If I did, there'd be chunks of them everywhere." <laughs> yeah, I like that too. It's pretty good. Um, where do the kids find a place to sleep? A Lego. Now, let me ask you this. It's an upturned Lego. It's not on its side. Why wouldn't you just have it on its side? Um, the reason I say that is because there's two little holes that they that they initially they sleep in. How did they get up to the second one? It's super high. It is super high. I guess they climbed. I don't know. I don't believe it. Yeah. It's unrealistic. Um, it's in that. Yes. Yeah. Um, we get some more flirting between little Russ and Amy. Like they're obviously going to be a thing by the end of this yeah. classic, like eighties, nineties movie. Works well, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think it's okay. I think their chemistry is okay. Yeah, even though there's really nothing to each of them. I mean, again, yeah. fully like, ha- like half baked characters, but who cares? It's not like I'm not going to this movie for something deep. No, not at all. Um, we get this unnecessary, strange heart to heart between Zelensky and his wife. And they talk about how they need to get this family back together. Uh, and just, I, I audibly like, groaned. <laughs> I know. And not like seemingly not like get our kids unshrunk. Like something is fundamentally wrong about this family that needs to be fixed. Yeah. Which like, I, I don't see it. I don't think this is an issue. I do not get the sense at all that this, this family is in any real trouble. No, no. If Amy was like doing smack <laughs> in the bathroom and Nick was like puffing paint in the driveway. Yeah. My my biggest takeaway from this conversation is not that it's at the end when Diane is unusually worried that Amy and little Russ are going to bone. <laughs> she She's seriously like, I can't trust my tramp daughter in the, in the yard with a boy shrunk. Like, it's so weird. It's like, do you really do you think so little of your daughter? <laughs> I just had this thought. Um, what if we got a Boa's Afraid crossover where he wakes up in the Zelensky household? Oh my goodness. That is <laughs> that's amazing. Right. <laughs> oh. 
Oh, I would love that so much. Or possibly even better, or uh, sorry, not better, but just like for more comedic potential is that the Thompson family moves next to Nathan Lane and Amy Ryan's character. Oh, yeah. Pose of Braid. Yes. <laughs> and, and they have the 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 war veteran guy over the front of Oh my gosh. I need this right now in my life. Right. I just want more boas. Right? Bring them into the Astroverse. Yes. Uh, we get Amy and little Russ finally kissing. So she is a tramp, I guess. No, she, I didn't um, mean, I wasn't actually suggesting that she is one. She's a very normal teenage girl that does normal teenage girl things. And it's her mom. That's the problem. She didn't save her first kiss for marriage. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean that's the problem. Okay. Okay. Um, a scorpion attacks them though. Which why is there a scorpion? Why is there a scorpion? How did they get like this? Where does this take place? This seems like it's like the Midwest. Yeah, but why is there? It's not like this takes place in like San Antonio. No. Also, the ant I think looks okay. Um, the ant effects. Yeah. Um, the scorpion effects I think look really bad. I agree. Yeah, um, it's like it's clearly stop motion animation. Um, also, too, like I think the practical effects with the scorpion were much um, more limited than the practical effects for the ant. So I, I don't know why, but the, the scorpion just looks terrible. Yeah. Um, so they they uh, or I'm sorry, the ant saves the day and rescues the kid uh, or rescues the kids and dies heroically. Um, so sad. So very sad. It is that is oddly sad for a for a movie of with this tone. Yeah, like you would think. Like I could also see them, um, mm-hmm. like bringing the ant with them and rebigulating the ant and the ant like being a dog. It it just it, it actually felt like it didn't fit at all. I I really would have thought this is the type of movie where they where the ant they like get to where they need to go and then they're like bye ant like I miss you like we'll miss you thank you so much and like send it off and like that's the moment. Yeah, no, the hand fucking dies. Yeah. Uh, we get our, our good friend Tommy Purvis. Um, <laughs> so he shows up to make good on his promise to mow the lawn, even though he's a day late. He's like, oh, I'll come later. And then he comes the next day. But yeah. Well, I, that, that might have been in their conversation. I, I can't remember. He says he's going to come by later, but I don't think he says the next day. Oh, OK. Um, so the kids hide in an old worm tunnel. Um, yeah. Sure. Why not? Yeah. As but the do. lawnmower stops on top of it and kind of sucks them out. Uh, Mr. Zelensky pulls the power on the mower, which is like perfect timing. But the kids go flying out off to yeah. the side. Uh, so they can see their parents, but the parents can't see them. And they go back into the house. Here's a question. How did they not see the parents like spinning around the yard in those uh, like harness things? I don't how do know. Not see that. <clears throat> how do Yeah. How do we never see from their perspective? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So uh, from here, we kind of get, I guess, the climax. Yeah, um, it's pretty quickly. And I, I mentioned earlier, like, I thought there was more in the kitchen like this. This the movie ends very, very quickly. It does. So Quark shows up and Quark is, as you mentioned earlier, kind of been trying to clue everyone in that all these things are happening. Um, he shows up. The kids grab his fur to get back into the house. Again, we get a weird standoff between the cat and the dog for some reason. <laughs> it's like Chekhov's cat, but that doesn't really do anything. Yeah. Um, so uh, Quark saves the day by biting Dr. or Mr. Zelinsky uh, before it's too late because Nick has fallen into his cereal. Yeah. Um, this is probably one of the most famous like shots from this movie or scenes, like the little boy in the Cheerios. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's only like a minute long. 
Yeah. Which I find strange because when I close my eyes and think about this movie, I think about this shot. Same. Yeah. So they find the rest of the kids. Um, and then do you want to take us through to the end? Sure. Um, and then I will explain to you another, possibly my, maybe my biggest complaint. I might've said that before, but I'll, I'll, I'll explain it. So yeah, reiterate, go for it. Yeah. So, so you mentioned they hitched a ride on Quark. They're, they're nearly eaten with the Cheerios. Quark bites Wayne's, Wayne's ankle to get his attention. Wayne realizes the kid's presence and then starts working to repair the machine. So both families are meeting in the attic, but the ray is still blowing everything up. And so what the kids do is tr- to try to convey to, convey to their dad that the baseball got in the path of the laser, which oh none of them saw. Well, I think they could infer. Right. So why the fuck can't Wayne? Oh, yeah. Good point. I, I it, it, But I, I think that Wayne has a, lar- a better chance of because like the kids didn't have it like really. I mean. Yeah, I, I guess they, they're equally, right? right? They, they all know that the baseball went through the window. I guess the Wayne maybe not, didn't see the baseball, but he can put all this together that the couch is gone and the kids are gone. And the, you know, he, he, he does put it together, but just way too late because it's a movie and he can't, the movie wouldn't work if he did, if he put it together too early, but it's stupid. It's like, it's just unrealistic. Um, So anyway, so the laser was previously overheating targets, causing them to explode. Um. Wayne corrects the problem and says that they got to do it on the kids. And they're like, no, you're not doing that on our kids yet. Um, I've, and so big, big rest is like, I will volunteer as a test subject. Which again, like it's, he's a good guy. Okay. Here's my problem. Okay. Why not? I get that living versus inanimate is different, but why not just try it on something inanimate first? Or like, sorry, Quark, but try it on Quark. No, don't try it on Quark. <laughs> Absolutely not. I mean, they they joke like Quark's just like, nope, not I'm leaving. Um, but like, I get that. Yeah, inanimate versus like live subject is different. But like, if I'm Big Russ, and especially if I'm Wayne, if I'm remotely, he's a complete incompetent like quack. Um, you don't offer. To do to have yourself be shrunk down and then brought back until you just at least see if it works on something else first. It's just so stupid. Big Russ could have died, and their yeah. kids could have died. It's so dumb that they didn't try it on something inanimate. Agreed. Stupid, stupid Wayne Zelensky, or at least Quark. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, um, so Big Russ does successfully get shrunk, and then he gets brought back but not to full size because his hat's too big oh i didn't notice that yeah he checks his hat and he realizes that it's just slightly too big i think it's like you don't even really you're not supposed to notice it like yourself visually you just are supposed to react to how he's look he's like confused about why his hat is a little big i thought he was looking for his cigarettes like oh i need a cigarette after that i maybe but i think that the implication is that he wasn't brought back to like full size gotcha you're probably quite because there's also references made to about him being like big, I think, True. like his size, his stature and stuff. Um, what else? Oh, yeah. So like l- before they get brought back, Lil Russ asks Amy to the dance. Yay. So yay for them. Yeah. Uh, and the test is successful. The kids are restored to their original sizes. Everything's uh, everything's everything's good. Um, and they ask their parents. Oh, my God. Man. Are you and dad? Okay. I think we are, honey. 
Yeah. I think we are. None none of this is earned. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. None of, none of it. Uh Big Russ shakes Wayne's hand. Also possibly not earned, but I like the whole like families become friends. Yeah. So I don't care. Yeah, I like that too. I, if I'm Big Russ, I'd I'd storm it out of there, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, but months later we cut to um they're at Thanksgiving together. The Zelensky's and the Thompsons become good friends. They're toasting um, over Thanksgiving dinner, which looks to be like an enormous turkey. That it doesn't look to be. It just is. It, are you right. it is. It is. Uh, and then right when you think the movie's about to end, it closes with Nick claiming that he finally got the French class joke. I completely forgot about this. And that killed the joke for me. I liked it before. And I'm like, this is stupid. I okay, I don't like the joke, but I like that they brought it back. I just wish that the joke they had picked had been better. Oh. Like a real like a really dirty joke, maybe? No, I mean, yeah. Well, like listen, I learned it 80s, in, I learned it in CPR 69 class. <laughs> it's an 80s family movie, which 80s movies had so much raunch for kids. I don't understand it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that was back or back to the future. That was funny. I shrunk the kids. <laughs> and that was back, back to the future. Come on. Did you what just like glitch through time to like the future <laughs> yeah, where where <laughs> where we're doing back to the future? At some point we'll do back to the future. And I'm gonna say, <laughs> honey, I shrunk the kids, and time and space will like invert themselves. <laughs> It'll be like the Mobius strip of like this podcast. Okay, here, all right. This is just this, this is just full of like fun coincidences. So the episode of The Next Generation where Matt Frewer was a guest star is about time travel. He plays someone who comes from the future to observe the USS Enterprise and its crew, Picard and his crew, during a very momentous like event in history. But he was refusing to tell any of them what happens because he can't mess with time. But he's just but he there tells- as an observer. But he tells them that he's from the future. Yeah, that's a mistake. Yeah, doesn't that fuck things up? The great episode of the show. Is he Q? He's not Q. Who's Q? What do you mean? Like who the actor is or who like <laughs> who the, or who the interdimensional character, character is? Uh I mean, he's an interdimensional character that has basic like omnipotence and likes to fuck with Picard and test him, but also kind of like secretly sees like like and like something to admire in Picard. Okay. What else you what else you want to know? <laughs> I don't know. John Delancey. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a big I'm a big TNG head. I need to get into TNG. You really I'm, do. I'm on Star Trek Discovery. I'm a Discovery. Guy. No, you need to go back. You need yeah. to go back further when the sets were carpet and pink <laughs> and brown. <laughs> that hollow deck. That's yeah. where I live. I I, lo- I love me some Next Generation. Um. So what works about Honey I Shrunk the Kids? It's fun. Uh, Rick Moranis and Matt Frewer, even though Rick Moranis is like maybe like the third best thing about this movie, he's not even like particularly like showy. He's actually like almost in the movie less than I thought he was. Yeah, yeah, he is actually. And too, when you think about it, like he doesn't have a lot of actors to bounce off of for a lot of his screen time. Like it's a lot of him alone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Matt Frewer works. Yeah, like basically everyone. And everyone, the kid actors except Ron, are like the uh, right level of like '80s, '90s cheesy acting. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, how about you? Um, the soundtrack, even though apparently parts of it was stolen. Yeah. Uh, um, I I like some of the practical effects. I thought the ant was good, but some of like the scorpion. No, 
I thought the blades of grass and like the flower. And I, I actually thought a lot of the effects for what they were going for worked. Um, I like some of the comedy. Like I said, there were a few lines that actually had me laughing out loud. Mm -hmm. um, I think Matt Frewer works. I also really like, and this is something I alluded to earlier, but I wanted to say for what works. They could have very easily made this movie like the Zelinskys are the weird family and the Thompsons are just a normal family. Yeah. And kind of play them off that way. And I think the movie would have suffered because of it. I like that they make both families have their own like problems and they're both weird in their own. Yeah, ways. I agree. I like I just generally like the, the families like dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. I like the families as well. Um, what doesn't work? The whole like family in trouble divorce side plot is stupid. Uh, Ron sucks. That's those are my big two. And like just like Wayne being even stupider than a conveniently stupid um, kids movie dad. I just yeah, I don't think all the like half baked ideas work. Yeah. But at the same time, I was thinking about it. And this movie is like a tight 90 minutes. I do like um, that. I do like it as well. But if you cut really anything you'd have you know like an right. minute movie. but now if you make this movie again it's two hours it might two be hour, like and no. it's like get the hell out of here with that if it's anything like the new little mermaid it's gonna be like two and a half hours and filled with needless things well let's see how let's see what you thought of the little mermaid when we get to it i'm yeah. assuming you saw it since it's your favorite disney animated movie right yes. yeah yes. okay um how are we doing this as a video game okay so I already used this last week, so I'm not going to use it again. But it, the, to me, the most realistic version of this is like a, a, a super or an original Nintendo or Super Nintendo like like side scrolling like platformer because kind of like everything was. Yeah. And you're just avoiding like ants and stuff. And like there's like the, you know, the um, the attic level, the grass level. The grass level part two, the grass level part three, the grass is at night level, the grass rain level, <laughs> you know, a lot, a lot of, grass. of grass. And yeah. then the kitchen level, you know, that's probably what this looks like. But I'm not going to go that way. I'm going to say point and click adventure. So the dad's trying to, like, solve the mystery where the kids went. And then it kind of cuts to, like, the kids navigating their way through the, like, maze of grass, trying to, like, maybe, like, you throw some, like, little puzzles in for them to, like, you know, you have to like figure out that you need to get a torch so you can light your way into this cavern. Yeah. Um. You need you have to, to be able stress, to. You have to stress your dad out. So right. A cigarette. Like, yeah, <laughs> you like see an ant and the ant won't respond to you. And so you need to realize you need to go get the cookie and, you know, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. How about you? Um, Watching this movie made me think of Sim Ant. Have you played Sim Ant? I, I've heard of it, uh, but no. Um, we used to have Sim Ant when I was a little kid on our computer, and I played hours and hours of Sim Ant. Do yourself a favor, Google image Sim Ant and just take a look at some of the screenshots. I will. I probably have at some point, but this is going to be a uh, refresher. Sim um, Ant. So the idea of Sim Ant is that you're in charge of an ant colony. Oh, and this, this looks horrible. It's great. It's great. I mean, um, by horrible, I mean it like looks it's like super zoomed out. It's it's just like it's a it's an early 90s graphics like i don't know it is but your goal is to basically take over the whole yard while combating like spiders and scorpions and ant lions <laughs> and eventually make it into the house um so i was thinking something like sim ant only it's like an escort mission like you're in charge of ants and you have to escort the kids protecting them to get to the house so you want to take one of the worst 
missions types of missions in video gaming and make a whole game about it yes and i wanted to start ants (laughs) okay yeah well in that way you're making it better yeah right but like tailing missions and escort missions are like the worst two things in video games well, I, I mean, I couldn't figure out a way to make the kit. Or, you know what we could do? Since I've been playing a lot of Diablo 3, we can make it a Diablo-like and have the kids just oh, yeah. swarms and swarms of ants. I love um, that. That's great. Okay, let's, let's I'm not that. saying Sim Ant is bad. I'm saying the escort element is would, would be not a game I'd want to play. Here's the thing, though. You may be completely right about Sim Ant being bad. I haven't played it since I was probably eight years old. I, I mean, I, I'm not saying I'm just saying the graphics just like did don't appeal to me. But I've, I thought that, that when that game came out, it was pretty well received. Yeah, it's I mean, it's definitely you've never played a game like it. It's very unique. OK, um, would we want to live in the world of this movie where we have shrink and blow up rays? Uh, um, I guess not, but I don't think I really care. I ain't going to say no, because I feel like we'd have a downsizing situation, and no one wants that. I guess we yeah, we don't want that. No, no one needs Matt Damon. <laughs> I haven't actually seen that movie, and, and I will not. I haven't either, and I heard it like it markets itself as a comedy, and it's not that at all. And it's also apparently overlong, so yeah. yeah. No, yeah. thank you. Um, let's go to Fan Fiction Corner, where I found some, some pretty wild stuff. Um, so I think... <sighs> I actually didn't find that much. I'm actually a little surprised, but maybe there was a whole like section of the internet I just didn't explore. Like, which, did you find a lot in general? Because I um, didn't. I found something. I found the website giantistworld.net. Did you find that? No, no, I did no, not. No, you didn't. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. Because I was about Ooh. to say like shocking lack of fan fiction and crossovers, but like I found one thing that I was amused by that I, I can talk about after you talk about yours. Okay, so why don't you please go first? Because mine needs. Yeah, you're right. I'm sure. Is, I'm sure mine's yours is an better. entire. It's an entire corner. Okay, so the one I thought that was worth noting. Well, so there's like a Rugrats crossover where Angelica gets the ray and shrinks the the, the kids. That's actually um, a clever idea. I'll go with that. It is. Um, but the one I I'm just gonna go just talk about the basic description of it. This is called Honey. She's been resurrected, and it is about um Auntie, who's resurrected as a human. Um, so here's the description. Auntie just did something no drone had ever before fell in love after giving her life to save the four kids. She is given a chance to show Ron how much she loves him, but can he love her back? Ron and human auntie. Yeah. Okay. That's vaguely disturbing. Would you like to know what giantess.net is or, or giantess world? I'm going to guess it is a website for the fetish of giant like amazonian like 12 feet tall women and or and or men whatever um basically like stepping on you and having sex with you you are 1000 percent correct i knew it um yeah it's it's a fan fiction well not entirely fan fiction it is a it is a fiction literary fetish site where people that are obsessed with like size differences okay and people being giant and people being tiny so i found this the micro life a honey i shrunk the kids fan fiction by wayne got tiny so clearly a huge fan okay so can i just guess is this really is this gonna be really dirty or no of course it is okay so wayne um shrinks himself so he can go inside his wife um no actually does oh. not happen 
Okay. Uh, but can I read you some of the categories yeah. and tasks? Of course. <laughs> always. You can okay. always do that. You can call me in the middle of the night and, and just start <laughs> reading tags. I'm just going to start reading tags and you think it's going to be like an activation code from like Captain America <laughs> or um, uh, God, Winter Soldier. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Teenager, 13 through 19, which already like that's that's pedophilia. Like get out of there. Like make everyone 18 plus. Yeah. Um, humiliation. Young adult, 20 to 29. Breasts. Adult, 30 to 39. Body exploration. I love breasts. <laughs> breasts. Just breasts. Just breasts. Yeah. Um, entrapment. Giant. Incest. Insertion. God. Instant size change. Mouth play. Slave. Vore. All disturbing. Now, here's the thing. But again, like, if that lights your fire, good for you. Not for me. No. I, I, not good for you. It's like underage and like incest stuff yeah the like, underage get out of here is a little not okay you can be pervert and be like legal with it that's true that's very true <laughs> but um here's some something that's interesting that um they have that fanfiction.net and other fanfiction sites don't have this makes sense because of the kind of site it is but they have the different levels of shrinking that go on throughout the story now these are like actual categories so if you go to other stories you can find these shrink levels so the levels are doll dwarf lilliputian micro minikin munchkin and nano hmm. and this story features all of them okay it's got it all it's got all the possible different sizes <laughs> what do we like <laughs> i think i just discovered an entire corner of the internet I didn't know existed, and this is very dangerous for me. <laughs> um, fortunately, I will not be tempted to look into this. Um, I want to say that I'm happy it exists because I do like when people get weird and that there that there's things like are actually way more prominent than I realize. Just still not happy that people need to get like illegal with it. Yeah, no one needs to get illegal with it. I did kind of bra- like peruse the story a little bit. Um, it's, let's see, Nick was having a panic attack with Kayla's nipple pinned against him. He couldn't really move, but it was still more comfortable than being in Russ's pocket. Why hadn't he chosen to stay at home and read a book? He wondered to himself. (laughs) It must be like sleeping on a cloud. Kayla said, giggling. He's actually smaller than my nipple, but it feels great. (laughs) Okay. That's a lot. Stop there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, we already talked about our fan fiction. No, um, I no, I didn't. Oh, you didn't. I, I, oh okay. no, I'm I was insane. I, I've just had a lot of great ideas. We should I, we should say though that like I feel this warrants fan fiction. Hundred like percent shrink ray. Like there's so much you could do. Hundred percent. Now I'll tell you about my fan fiction. Please. Um, it's called Honey I Drowned the Kids. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, it's not what you think. Um, it, actually, yeah, it's definitely probably it's not what you think. So um, it takes place like about a year after and the Thompsons take the Zelensky's on a fishing trip and Wayne has a ray that gives kids or gives people gills so they can swim underwater. He loves rays. Yeah. And so uh, he thinks it'd be a good idea to shrink his kids down so he can so they can like grab fish instead of needing to catch them the normal way because he wants to get more fish than the Thompsons. Um, okay. Does this not sound real? Like this could actually happen in the in the Honey I Shrunk the Kids universe. The only thing I'm caught up on is the like, why does everything? Why is everything a ray? Why not? 
Yeah, good point. <laughs> um, good but point. the problem is they get shrunk, but they can't come back above water because Wayne's a fucking idiot and forgets that you can't breathe out of water. And so he so they can't come up to the surface really for him to like or like it just he needs them to be out of the water, but then they'll suffocate in order to turn them back. And then they get lost because they get swept up in this whole fishy side plot. Now, I didn't really figure out where that goes, but there's definitely going to be some talking fish involved. Oh, well, I mean, obviously. Um, yeah. but is, the, Lin Man, is Lin-Manuel Miranda going to throw a few songs in there? Or Will Smith will, uh, will rap. Yes. <laughs> um, the side plot, though, is really where I need your input. So my this is where I've, where, where I've landed with the side plot. Wayne, uh, Diane is, Wayne's wife, Diane, is very sexually unsatisfied. Sure. And she really wants to swing with the Thompsons. So there's a big swinger su- <laughs> subplot going on with the Thompsons and the Zelenskys. Sure. Are you okay um, with that? Do you think that there's, it's better spent some other way? Um. Okay, here's, here's the thing. Here's what I would like to do. I would like to tweak this so that Mrs. Zelensky's fetish is watching her husband seduce another woman. And so I want a lot of it to be like him attempting to seduce Mae Thompson and it not working. I love that. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I totally agree. I'm glad we could collaborate on this. Yeah. Any other ideas? No, that that's really, that was the one I actually like spent time thinking about. The others that I said throughout were just spur of the moment. Things. And then when the kids get out of the water, like, of course, they completely cock block and ruin the whole swingers scenario. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it, uh, it would be actually funny, though, if also Diane was trying to hit on Big Russ, but Big Russ actually had no idea that she was doing that. Or that like Big he, Russ is a closeted homosexual. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> we can do that. Yeah. Um, interesting. Besides reading uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids fan <laughs> fiction, what have you been up to? Okay, so let me tell you uh, the movies I sandwiched this between. Okay, yeah, please, 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 please. It and It Chapter Two. <laughs> that is a that wow. That's a real sandwich. That's yeah. a real uh, trio of pleasures. And let me tell you this, and I'll explain myself. I watched It Chapter Two first. Okay. So I woke up one morning and I was like, I have to watch It Chapter Two. Like I, I I hadn't seen it since theaters, and I don't know why it was this overwhelming desire to revisit that movie. Because I remember liking it, but I remember definitely thinking it was weaker than the first one. Not just because that part of the book is objectively worse than the kids part, with the exception of like the stupid perv shit that Stephen King does. Yeah. But like, I just I just remember thinking I, I wanted to give it another shot, and and I'm just like, wait, but I can't just watch it chapter two. I have to watch the first one. And then my other side of my brain was like, no, you're watching it chapter two today. And so <laughs> and so I did. Uh, and then I watched Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And then the next day I watched it. <laughs> it's chapter so, one. So um, a couple questions. Yeah, uh, sure. One, what did watching part two before part one do for part one? Um, part two, I guess. Ah, man, that's a great question. I would just say my biggest takeaway from it's chapter two um, was the same takeaway I kind of had from the first time is the casting, the visual casting of like the adults versus the kids is spectacular. I think they did a really great job. The only thing that I, that doesn't entirely work for me, even though I really like Jessica Chastain in the movie is I find Jessica Chastain hard to buy 
as the older version of a child who was unfortunately just abused and also abused like later in her life by her husband. Yeah. Like she's Jessica Chastain is just such like a strong, like confident presence. She's too put together. Yeah. It's hard for me to buy that said, I don't, I can't think of another choice for older Beverly and, but they just visually and all just acting wise, they nail it. I mean, the really the weak acting part isn't even any of the other actors. It's James McAvoy unable to hide his accent. Mm. Um, but I, you know, I that's that is a really really great question, and I wish that I had thought of that. Um, not that I knew he would ask me, but that's that's a good thing to think about if you're going to like watch the second one before the first one. Yeah, but I, but I found I just I liked it. Like to me, like it chapter. four, one is a four out of five and it chapter two is probably a three out of five that I kind of want to give a three and a half just because I like the book and I like the casting. Now let's stop ourselves before you rate honey. I shrunk the kids higher than it part two. I think I might be though, Aaron. Oh, what? Um, But that's, that's the trouble with rating things, right? Like there's so many times where I'll look at two random movies that I have rated the same and I'm like, those are not the same, but then I'll, then you, then you raise one or you lower the other. And then you look then at that, that compared to the next either. thing. And that doesn't work yeah. either. So I like, the, like what I would say is that like, I like it chapter two. Like, I think I would enjoy rewatching it chapter two more than I would enjoy rewatching honey. I shrunk the kids, but I think maybe honey. I shrunk the kids is a better movie. Oh my God. I, I don't know. I, 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 you're, I, you're bringing up like one of like, my anxieties with rating movies like you make a, an excellent point you really do um maybe the answer isn't really that it's more that they're on the same level if anything that honey i shrink the kids is a three but i'm giving it a higher rating just because of nostalgia but if you go if I, yeah. I'm on, I just went on letterbox just now to see kind of how like the average rating turned out for all the users on letterbox honey i shrunk the kids has an average rating of 3.1 and okay. it chapter two is a average of 3.0 whoa all right so yeah. here we go yeah so maybe maybe i'm not actually that far off from the average and then it chapter one has an average of 3.5 i like it more than that but yeah yeah um and other right. than that I've, I've been dipping my toes back into uh monster train i both love that game and also it's very frustrating because i feel like i cannot get better at it i'm i there i feel like there are just some op or just like key strategies for some of the clans that i just don't understand like there are elements of the game that i don't i can't i'm not good at exploiting them to dominate i feel like there are very exploitable things in the game and i and i exploit them to a minor degree for some minor success but the my my perspective on it is that as we talked about in our episode is like later in the game you can like do modifiers to make the game harder and, and maybe in addition or alternatively to that you can um do things that accumulate whatever the, those points are that make each individual battle more difficult and if you have 100 out of 100 you get to fight the final final boss right now sometimes i don't even make it to that boss if i am if all the other ones in between are really hard but when I do make it to that boss, I get utterly destroyed, decimated. It's not even close. It's so humbling. 
no matter how, like, even if I easily make it there, I get destroyed and I cannot beat that guy. I can't. And I don't, <laughs> and it's like super disheartening. Well, and to, so my thought on super bosses is generally like, I, I haven't played a lot of super bosses, but I feel like compared to regular bosses, they are not well balanced, which they shouldn't be right. They're supposed to be like mm. the ultimate possible challenge. And sometimes I think they're just tuned to where, like, if you have to rely on luck, which I'm sure at this point on the final boss, like, you have to rely on luck to some degree. To Maybe. Even, I don't know. I just, I, I, I haven't think done the super research. bosses sometimes are balanced to the point where it's like, this isn't even my skill anymore. This is like if I'm just getting good. Yeah. I just haven't done, I haven't researched it. Like, I, to me, this feels like something that wasn't designed as a, like, as a super boss. And by that, by that I mean, like, the, the difficulty comparison, I feel like isn't supposed to be as stark as it seems to me. I feel like I'm the one who's bad at it. Mm. Well, the fact that you've gotten there, I think, should tell us that you are not bad at the game. Uh, yeah, but but it's just it's weird to just even again, even the runs where I'm just dominating, I still get crushed. It's I don't I don't understand that. I feel like. It means that, like, yeah, sure, you did that, but, like, anyone can do that. What you need to do is tap into this part of the game. Yeah. I don't I don't know. We we could have a whole side conversation about how deep that game is, um, but I don't know. Maybe we need to work together. Maybe so we, can try, we can share strategies and stuff, because we actually have never done uh, that, just by doing a whole episode on it. I feel like you and I never dove really deep and tried to, like, almost help each other become and hold tier better than we are at the game. Yeah, I would love that. And you should listen to, if only there was like a podcast we did about Monster Train. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I mentioned we... I, no, I no, but but like, I see what you're saying. We like didn't we dive should... that deep when we, no, when we did no. it. Yeah. 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 And for good reason, that you can get lost uh, in there. Uh, but yeah, anyway, other than that, I'm, I am I started Oxenfree, but I stopped. Actually, the game glitched. Um, and I so I had to quit. And when I pick it back up, I'm, I'm hopefully did not lose much progress. But uh, yeah, I'm debating. I have like a vacation coming up, like a four hour flight to and from maybe a little bit of downtime I'll have there. I'm trying to think of a game to play. Maybe it is oxen free. I'll probably play Monster Train because I'm having a hard time thinking. Basically, I have I have some options. Can you help me? Yeah. All right. I'm going to make everyone listen to this. No, no, please. Um, Okay, so here are my options. I've got the Mega Man collection, which I told you I'm annoyed with because of the rewind feature. The old, the like earlier Mega Mans that are harder. Not that Mega Man X is easy, but I could buy that collection um, and play that. But I would enjoy playing that more because I don't think it's as difficult as the others. And I'm sure it's rewind is fine. Um, Um, If it even has it. I, I have the X collection. I can't remember. It's been a while since I played it. Um, so there's okay, so that's that's one thing. I, I'm, I'm actually going to say no to the original Mega Man Legacy Collection, but Mega Man X Legacy Collection. I'm going to throw that out there, but I will also say I'm not like nearly as big of a Mega Man fan as you are. I'm more like I want to be a bigger fan, but I'm not. Um, so that's one. I bought Nino Kuni Wrath of the White Witch. Mm, I think it's called. Okay. Um, which I've been wanting to play, but a very long game. Um, which is really intrigued by the Ghibli element to it. Obviously, um, I've I've started both. Um, I definitely got further in two, um, but two mm. is like an act straight up, not straight up, but pretty much an action RPG. Whereas one is turn-based. Yeah. Um, I find the combat in one to be 
like slower, more satisfying. I hear it's also got a Pokemon element to it in a way. uh, It does. Yeah. You you, like, you have the little familiars and you can kind of collect different familiars. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But Um, you will not be disappointed by the animation. The studio, like it it looks like you're playing a Ghibli movie. It's beautiful. Okay. So that's, that's up there, but I might also wait to see if Miranda wants to like watch me play some of that game. But also, at the that, same time, it could be a long, boring game for her to watch. That game would be great, though. Like, if you're playing on a plane, it would it's a great game to play on a big TV. Okay, like, so... The visuals, the visuals might not be great handheld. Okay, then I won't do it then. Then I'm going to... All right, I'm eliminating that one. All right, so, okay. I mean, I'm probably going to dip back into Oxenfree and Monster Train just like a tiny little bit. I mean, Oxenfree isn't a very long game, but here's where I'm... Where I'm also wondering. Final Fantasy 1, Final Fantasy 2. I've never played um, either one of them before. I feel like I just got to play one and then see how I feel. Yeah. Um, oh, that's tough. Yeah, if you're going to play one of those two, play one because it's like, well, no, actually, I I would play two because you already played four and four is like the Final Fantasy, I feel like. Um, I If you want to get real weird and experimental, I would go two. You can be two in like seven hours if you follow a guy. So like diversify, you mean like one is too similar to four in terms of like how it plays one is like the most traditional JRPG you can get outside of Dragon Quest. Okay. It's like you pick your like your party, your class members, and like I hope you like casting cure with your white mage. I hope you like attacking with your knight because that's like all you're going to be doing with those characters. Sometimes I like to turn my brain off, you know? Sometimes I'm okay with that. True. That's I yeah, that's fair. I would say like think about what kind of experience you want. If you want something like very traditional, very like you know, comfort food, JRPG, go one. Okay. If you want something fucking weird, uh, go to weird, frustrating, but I think ultimately worth your time and you can knock it out in like seven hours. Okay. I'd probably have to like go in offline mode on my phone, like download a guide because I would want to follow it on the plane. Yeah. You, you want to follow a guide. The one thing that makes Final Fantasy too long, because I've tried playing it before, um, like in the Dawn of Souls collection, basically it's like, you know how in a lot of JRPGs, it's like, just talk to everyone in the town and you'll figure yeah. out what to do next. Imagine that idea, but talk to everyone in the whole fucking world. That's two? That's two. And then mm, two, so you stupid. Can, two, you can almost get anywhere right at the beginning of the game. So it's this weird, like, you're not restricted from going wherever you want, but you are because the enemies are so strong. You're also not really told where to go. So it's a lot of just wandering around getting wiped out by super strong enemies. But if you're following a guide and you're playing where you can turn encounters off, it's fine. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Sorry for hogging so much of that. What have you been up to? Um, Edgar and I watched two movies recently. We watched uh, on Hulu. It's like The Devil Conspiracy, I think it's never, called. I've never heard of it. Yeah, The Devil Conspiracy. It's about people trying to get the DNA of Jesus to resurrect him as the Antichrist. Okay. <laughs> I think that speaks for itself. Um, on top of Devil Conspiracy, Edgar and I also watched Flamin' Hot on Hulu, which is the story oh, yeah. of Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Is it good? It was really cheesy. What I found interesting is that... <laughs> it was... Okay, I didn't even mean to do that. I didn't mean to do that. Um, also, like my my laugh was not fake, but I think it sounded fake. I was legitimately laughing. <laughs> um, it, did, it did actually sound fake. Sorry, but... I didn't mean to. Um, it, it was directed by Eva Longoria, which I found interesting. Oh, that's weird. And I think her direction style has a lot of energy, and I really liked the actors and the performances. 
I just felt that the script was very like kind of cliched and a little overdone. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're bored and you have like an hour and a half, you know, it's no it part two, but you can do worse. <laughs> well, it part two, that's the other problem. It's too long. It's like two hours and like 30 minutes or something, which is just, or maybe 40. It's just, it's way too long. No, thank you. Yeah. Um, and normally I'm not a Grinch about long movie times, but it's a little too long. Yeah. Speaking of Grinch, um, well, we're toying with the idea, I suppose. I mean, it's very, so I'm going on vacation. Um, it's, I guess it's entirely possible to say on air that I might not have time to record our planned special episode. Um, but most likely I will, and we'll have that for next week, but it's very possible. We'll take a week off. Yeah, it's possible, but also um, I like I like what we thought of for this special episode, so I think we'll still either do it next or we'll do it very soon. Yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about Jim Carrey performances. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. We're going to real really half-ass our way through that special episode. Um, that- if you think for one second the Grinch is going to be on my list, you're out of your fucking mind. <laughs> I've, well, way to spoil your list. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, do we have uh, anything else to say? Uh, see you in hell or the backyard, whichever comes first. <laughs> Bye. Bye.